so today we're looking further into um, the spirit-led life and uh, we will be considering uh, two important things the first thing we will consider are the the spiritual heart conditions that that create you know that that creates a conducive environment for the spirit of god to be able to lead us and talk to us and then the second thing we will look at is how to you know how to train our human spirits that's the things that we can do in a practical sense to help condition our hearts like that so uh yesterday we talked about you know uh, we talked a lot about the conscience and how it plays a very important role in helping us receive signals from from the spirit realm into our own spirit and communicate to us and we we looked how uh although everybody has a conscience uh the the levels of sensitivity you know are different um you, you can you can make your conscience numb by consistently disobeying or ignoring it and you can also make your conscience very active by by listening to it and obeying it and when we talk conscience we're not just talking about a moral consciousness uh we're not just talking about a moral consciousness the, the conscience is the voice of the human spirit and it speaks to us you know and when when you are when you are born again your conscience is i mean the holy spirit lives in your spirit and if the holy spirit is going to say something to you you know he will say it to you through your spirit uh, the, the bible says that you know they that are joined to christ are one spirit okay so the holy spirit is united with our spirit and that's why the bible says know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost why because the holy spirit dwells in our spirit and our spirit dwells in our bodies okay so um so today we're just going to get uh, right to the business of the day and uh spiritual heart conditions you know uh in in the physical there are there are certain uh you know that there's a way the heart of of man has to be to be able to function in certain capacities uh so for instance if you are an athlete your heart will need to be um you know need to be very sharp otherwise if you run after a kilometer you may just have a cardiac arrest so you see the even though we all have hearts and the hearts you know pump blood but you know the, the level of pressure and tension that each heart can take is very very different and that does not happen from birth most people are born with perfect hearts i know that there are people that are born with heart defect but i'm talking about the natural now in the natural most people are born with perfect hearts and how you train your heart will now determine how much your heart can handle the same thing in the spiritual the only difference is in this in, in the realm of the spirit you know everybody is born with a perfect heart especially when you are born again when we are born again we are all born with a perfect heart but then it's now up to us to condition our hearts you know for god to be able to use it to speak to us you know like the bible says in uh, romans chapter 8 and verse verse 16 it says that the spirit that's the holy spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the sons of god and like i said you know if the holy spirit can bear witness with your spirit and you know confirm your salvation and your sonship then the holy spirit can also bear witness with your spirit and tell you other things okay so uh that's just you know trying to do a quick recap of yesterday so um a, uh spiritual heart conditions yesterday we talked about a clear conscience uh which is very very important 
um and we're going to look at it a little bit more again today let's look at first peter chapter 1 and verse 22. first peter 1 22 it says seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently okay so um how do you purify your your soul how do you purify your heart it is by obeying the truth okay uh we 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 did look at some scriptures in the book of hebrew that says uh our conscience being cleansed from dead work and you know like i said yesterday if you know someone or you have come to a point where you have numbed your conscience so much that you no longer feel bad when you do things that other people feel bad about what you need to do is very simple number one uh, ask god for forgiveness you know ask god for forgiveness repent of of that sin of numbing your conscience and then after that all you need to do is make a decision that from now on whatever my heart tells me that's what i'm going to do so you know like i said yesterday if you offend someone and you know you feel like oh you you know your heart you know condemns you that you have offended someone don't just put it off and say eh, he too wronged me you know do your own part go and tell the person you know i'm sorry okay that that's how we we train our conscience if if you if you are about to cheat someone in a business and then your conscience you know pricks you don't ignore it you know those little little uh you know let's say uh, let, let me even, even give a, a, another common example you're walking on the streets you finish drinking something and then you just throw it on the ground and then your heart smites you and says you shouldn't do that don't just ignore it and say okay this is nigeria you go pick it up and look for the nearest trash can and put it inside you know these little little details this is how we train our conscience to become more sensitive because the more we listen to it okay the more we listen to it the the sharper it gets so it's important to keep a very 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 clear conscience you know before god and before man to to be able to stand boldly and say okay i have wronged no man and even if you have wronged any man you know look for them send a text make a phone call find a way to reach out it's very very important okay do not ignore it do not ignore your conscience it might be the slightest of things you know or maybe you just told a lie and then you're feeling bad about it you know repent of it don't just ignore it and say i bet i just job the person no jobbing is lying let's not let's not try to give it another name okay so it's important to keep a clear conscience let's look at uh, ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 5 it says whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing and the wise man's heart discerned both time and judgment okay see how it started whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing and the wise man's heart discerned both time and judgment uh hebrews 5 14. it says but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil another translation says reason of practice so you see you become uh you become very good at anything you practice Okay, so if you practice sin, you'll become very good at it. If you practice lying, you'll become very good at it. If you practice cheating, you'll become very good at it. It's as simple as that. Nobody becomes a genius overnight. It's practice. You know, practice, practice, practice. So if you want to um, be able to discern the voice of God, you need to practice it. Okay? And it says, strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use 
have their senses it's not talking about physical senses now it's talking about spiritual senses because the next part tells us to discern have their senses exercised you see you see the word exercise being used okay so you exercise your senses just like you exercise your muscles okay so um that is that is uh that is that on, on conscience for today then secondly we talked about a, uh, uh, a clear heart it's different from a clear conscience a clear heart in the sense of uh, a clutter-free heart you know um, i wrote this down that the condition of our hearts determine if it will be harder or easier for god to lead us uh, many hearts are not in a condition where god can actually lead them okay so a lot of times it's actually the condition of the heart that is wrong and yesterday we talked about we looked into the life of uh, king saul and the condition of his heart and we can see why it was difficult for god to speak to him yes in the book of first chronicles chapter 10 it says that one of saul's sins was because he did not inquire of the lord but we saw in first uh, samuel chapter 28 that you know saul actually did try to inquire from the lord but the problem was his heart was in such a messed up condition that he could not receive from God. And God, you know, God would not waste his time. You see, let, let's, let's be practical sometimes. Let's be practical. It's like uh, you have a friend or a partner or a spouse that hasn't spoken to you for a very long time and has offended you. Everything you have said to the person, the person has ignored. And then suddenly out of the blues, the person just comes and says, okay, I need your advice on something. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, your first reaction is not to jump and start advising the person. You've been talking to this person and talking to this person and talking to this person and the person has ignored you. The person has forsaken you and then suddenly out of the blues he shows up and says, I need your advice on something. You know, uh, God is a real being. God is not a robot. Okay. God is not a robot. And we, we saw in the book of Jeremiah where it says in, in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, where it says that, you know, and it shall come to pass that you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. So there are times that um, it's actually about the condition of our hearts when we cannot hear from God. Okay. So it's, it's important to have a clear heart, like a clutter-free heart. And by clutter-free heart, we are going back to you know to the issue of obedience because if god has been telling you let's say for instance let's say for instance god told you uh move to move to sokoto with your family and for one reason or the other sokoto is too hot you don't like Hausa people you don't like muslims or you're afraid of terrorists and stuff like that you refuse to go and God keeps telling you, he keeps telling you, you receive confirmations that you're supposed to be in Sokoto and then you refuse to go. And you remain wherever you are. And then maybe a few weeks later, your finances begin to struggle. Uh, every, every, you begin to struggle with your finances. Everything that you do seems not to be working well. And then you go and begin to pray and ask God for direction on your finances. Uh, the, the truth is nine out of ten times, God is not going to say anything to you. The remaining one out of the ten times, he's going to tell you, but I told you to go to Sokoto. Okay, because as long as you have an instruction that is still pending, God is not going to give you another one because he is not interested in piling up clutter in your life. So we should not procrastinate. When uh, the, the Bible says that the king's, the king's business requires haste. When God gives you an instruction, except he tells you it is not time. If it is an instruction, uh, the, the onus is on you to begin to act on it immediately. By acting on it, so sometimes it may not necessarily mean that you should execute. But by acting on it, you know, you begin to prepare yourself and begin to prepare the ground for it. 
okay so let's say uh uh god says uh you know um i want you to move to new york i mean he's not saying go and buy a ticket and board a flight immediately you still need to apply for a visa, even if you have a visa okay you need to you know begin to get more uh instructions okay what am i going to new york to do if it's to start a ministry or if it's to start a business you're not just going to go to new york and start a business you need to begin to lay the groundwork okay so a lot of times when we say act immediately it doesn't necessarily mean execute immediately it just simply means you know god is not a god is a very organized person okay the groundwork that you need to lay so god is saying start a ministry think for instance bishop Oedipo. he received uh, the vision for living faith uh, in 1981, the ministry only officially started holding services in 1983. But for those 18 months prior, they were working, they were praying, they were inquiring. Okay, so in essence, so that's why you see when Living Faith, when Winners Chapel celebrates its anniversary, it celebrates its anniversary based on when the vision was received, not based on when the first church service started. Because from the day the vision was received, Bishop Oyedepo began to act on it, even though, um, you know, the first service only started maybe almost two years later. So sometimes when we say, act, in fact, most times when we say act on what God is telling you immediately, it doesn't mean execute. Okay, so God is saying, I want you to start a church in Lagos. And then the next thing you go and rent a hall and then you expect people to come. You're going to have trouble. If God says, I want you to start a church in Lagos, then... The next thing for you to do is to begin to find out, okay, where should the church be? What should it be about? Okay, what, what is the vision? What is, you know, but that preparatory process, it's all a part of you being obedient. You know, when you look at Paul, God called him and Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly calling, right? But Paul did not get into ministry until several years later. He went to Arabia. He went to some places for years. Nobody heard or saw from Paul. He went to prepare himself. He went to inquire of the Lord. But he was not disobedient to the heavenly calling. Okay, so it's important that we balance this. When we say act immediately on what God is telling you to do, it does not always mean that, uh, you know, you should go and just start doing it. You know, the Bible says that who will go for a battle and not count the cost, you know, or who will go and start building a house and not count the cost. That These are scriptural principles. God expects us to count the cost of even what he tells us to do. But that counting the cost process is also a part of obedience, okay? So it's important that we understand this. But when we say, you know, act immediately on what God is telling you to do, um, it, it's important that we balance it and understand what it's talking about. Because you see, when we don't act immediately, we begin to clutter things up and then we procrastinate. And then before you know, you know, it, it's like uh, you have laundry or you have dishes. Let me use dishes. You have dishes. You're done eating. You know, the easiest way to do your dishes is you're done eating, you wash the dish. Okay? But then you eat breakfast and you keep it and say, I'll wash it later. And then you eat lunch and you say, I'll wash, I'll wash it later. And then you eat dinner. And then before you know, you get into the kitchen and everywhere is scattered, it's smelly, and it's overwhelming because there's just so much clutter. Why? Because you procrastinated. Eventually, you will get it done, but it's going to take you more time. It's going to take you more energy. And uh, it's also going to be a bit frustrating. Okay, so it's important to keep a clutter-free heart. Begin to sort things out in your life. Things that you have laid, uh, you know, things that you have abandoned, things that God laid in your heart and you've not done anything about them. Begin to address these things because it will now clear up space in your heart for you to actually be able to hear distinctively what God is talking to you about. Amen. The third uh, heart condition 
that makes it conducive for the Spirit of God to direct us is meekness. And like I said, meekness is not just humility. Meekness is, uh, is the dimension of humility that makes us teachable. Okay? Some people are humble but not meek. Some people are humble but not teachable. They are not very teachable. Um, you know, if, if you... If, if you if you look at it they they don't like taking instructions they don't like taking corrections but in every other area they are humble you know uh they they they, they mingle with lower class people they don't they don't they are not condescending you know and all of that stuff but then they they really find it offensive when when you know people try to instruct them or correct them and you see if you do not have a meek heart it's going to be really difficult to uh, for God to lead you. Now we saw Jesus Christ. He said, "I do, I, I do nothing except that which I see my Father do. I say nothing except that which I see my Father say." Uh, but Jesus said of Himself, He said, "Come to Me. I am meek and lowly." So we can see why it was really, really easy for God to, you know, to to speak to Him. Same thing with the man Moses. Okay, uh, Moses. The, the Bible says in 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 is it Numbers chapter six now that the man Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He was the meekest man on the face of the earth. You know, the Bible says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So, you see, uh, 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 meekness makes us teachable. And when we are teachable, it becomes a lot easier for God to talk to us. And, you know, I, I said yesterday that, you know, if you really want God to speak to you on something, be teachable. By being teachable means you have not made up your mind. I am not saying you are confused. I am saying your, your will is open. You know, you are... You, you have an open heart that, okay, I'm inquiring of the Lord, whatever direction God, you know, wants me to go, that is the direction that I will go. And there's a scripture in the book of, is it Jeremiah now? I, I can't really find it right now. But it was God talking about the children of Israel, how they come to him with idols in their hearts. And he said, tell them that I will answer them according to the multitude of idols in their hearts. A lot of times we go to God with idols in our hearts, like... Uh, you, you go to God, you are asking for direction, but in your heart, you have already made up your mind what you want. You are just asking for direction for the sake of formality so that, you know, you feel like if you don't ask God, he's going to be angry. But you've already made up your mind on what you want. You've already decided this is what I want to do. And deep in your heart, you know that if God tells you anything contrary to what you have already decided, you, you, are, not going to, um, you are not going to respond to it favorably. You are not going to agree to it. And then you want God to talk to you. He already knows you are going to disobey him. So it doesn't waste his time. You've already made your decision. Be responsible for your decision. Okay, and I see this a lot in, uh, in, 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 in regards to relationships. You know, people, you, you see, people already are in a relationship. You've already said yes to the guy or you've already asked the lady out. And then you are praying to God and asking, is this your will? Can you see why it... it you know, and, and, and most of the times it becomes really difficult for you to hear God in that situation because your emotions are already tangled and it, it's going to be difficult for you to separate your emotions and the voice of God. And even if you are able to pick the voice of God, it's going to be difficult to obey it because your emotions are already on overdrive. Okay, I know a few persons that have been able to say, okay, you know what, I'm sorry, um, you know, this wasn't the will of God. I didn't, you know, but you know, I mean, it's noble to do that, but, you know, it's avoidable. You, you, you could have prevented breaking somebody's heart by just first saying, you know what, I want to talk to God about this first. I want to talk to God about this first. 
you know but we make up our minds you've already made the decision to take the job and then you're asking if it's the will of god you've already made the decision to be in the relationship and you are then praying if it's the will of god you see so a lot of times we are actually the ones that make it difficult uh, for god to speak to us or even when he speaks for us to be able to hear god i hope i am communicating okay now the, the, the fourth part which is uh which is really 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 important is a patient heart you see this is where i will say that most of us miss it i mean um i am sure that if we look at a clear conscience a clear heart meekness and all of that we will be able to see areas where we have missed it because of one or two of these things but you see this patience is uh is a big deal because a lot of times we seek god in a hurry and then we we expect him to answer us in a hurry okay but um you cannot put god under pressure okay and that was one of the issues with saul the philistines gathered against him saul was already uh his relationship with god was already messed up he wasn't doing anything to fix it i mean think about it even ahab as terrible as ahab was god spoke to ahab and gave him a verdict ahab repented before god and God said, you know what, because you have repented before me, because you are broken, this thing is not going to befall you. It's going to befall your children. Ahab, who was like arguably one of the worst kings in the history of Israel. So I believe that Saul, even though God had anointed a replacement for him, I believe that Saul could have fixed his relationship with God if he was actually humble enough okay if he was humble enough but Saul was not a meek person he was not a teachable person if you look at his story even when Samuel reprimanded him he always came up with an excuse you see the people the people were running away from me so I had to do something or oh I gathered this thing because the people the people they wanted sheep to come and sacrifice unto God you see he wasn't a teachable person he was always you are the king and you are blaming the people and you know but Saul was not a meek person if you see David in contrast I mean think about this when God told Samuel to go and anoint David in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel was so afraid. He told God that, you know, if Saul hears of it, he's going to kill me. That was how much Samuel was afraid of Saul. But on the other hand, David, a prophet would walk to David and give him a damning verdict. And David would just crumble before God. You know, David would just crumble before God. And you see, this is, this, you know, this is why... David remains the greatest king in the, in the history of Israel. Okay, because he had a heart, you know, and, and when God said, I have seen a man after my own heart, David did not become a man after God's heart when he was king. He, be, he was a man after God's heart even before he was king. You know, he had a tender heart. He wasn't without flaws. He wasn't without uh, an evil nature. Okay, but he had a tender heart enough to be able to, you know, admit. And so the, the fourth part, you know, the, the fourth thing, uh, heart condition that is very vital, and we're going to dwell here a little bit, is patience. Um, our generation is very impatient. Impatience has been a thing, but our generation is very impatient. Uh, there's fast everything now, fast cars, fast jets. Um, you know, I, I heard they are designing a jet that can fly from from London to to the US in, in, in is it one hour? A passenger jet. Not, not not a military jet, a passenger jet. Okay, and um, there's fast food now, you know, microwave, everything. I, I'm not speaking against these things, but I'm just saying our generation is on a fast lane. Everything is fast, 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 fast. And so people do not have even have the patience 
to sit with God anymore. You know, we look at the the Kenneth Higgins, the Smith Wigglesworth, the Oral Robots, and how God moved, you know, in their generation and all of that. And we admire those things. We read about them. But you know what? These guys would have revival meetings, morning and evening, morning and evening, for weeks. They would stay with God. But now, if a service is getting beyond an hour and 30 minutes, people are already, you know, getting very uncomfortable. You see, we are, we are too impatient with God. And, and you see, God... Uh, God, like, like the scripture in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, He said, you will seek me and you will find me when you search with all your heart. God wants all our hearts. He doesn't want us to just come knock at the door. You don't even wait for him to open and then you say, okay, uh, this, 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 and you go. You know, our generation is too impatient. Now, let's take a look at some scriptures. Let's start from Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16. Remember, I told us that, you know, um, the, the, the fundamental thing about hearing from God is we have to act in faith. Uh, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And James makes us understand that, you know, it's impossible to please God, uh, to receive from God without faith. It's impossible to receive anything from God without faith. And in the first teaching, I made us understand that, you know, in, in being led by the Holy Spirit, it has to be a faith walk. Everything in the kingdom of God is a faith walk. So you have to believe, you know, that God is leading you even when it doesn't feel like it. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16. It says, Therefore thus said the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. Now take uh, a, a sure foundation. Now listen to this. He that believes shall not make haste. He that believes shall not make haste. The Good News translation says, uh, uh, faith that is, is it faith that is steadfast is also patient. I, I can't remember if I'm getting the words right. Okay, but basically it is, and, and if you look at the New, uh, the, the, the New Testament, faith and patience always work together. In, in, uh, in let, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read a few scriptures about faith and patience. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Or let's read from verse 25. 35 rather. Hebrews 10 from verse 35. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Okay, confidence, faith. Confidence, faith. Okay. And verse 36 says, For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Okay, you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. You need patience. Let's look at the same Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. See the next verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Can you see that? It says, run with patience the race that is set before us, comma, okay, looking unto Jesus. So, uh, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's talking about patience, and now it's talking about faith. Why? It's trying to let us understand that, you know, patience and faith work 
work hand in hand. It's saying that we should look unto Jesus as we run with patience, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And what does it say next? Who for the joy that was set before him endured. It wasn't quick. It wasn't quick. It wasn't snappy. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now let's look at uh, Hebrews. I think it's Hebrews chapter 6 now. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. It says that ye be not slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Okay, these are just a few of the scriptures. That there are so, several others. You know, faith and patience always work together. So do not say, I have faith if you are impatient. Don't say, I have faith if you are impatient. Because you see, um, it's easy to say, I believe God, when every time you say something, it happens. Pam, 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 pam. But when you have to wait, when you have to wait, that is where faith is actually tested. When you look at Abraham, okay, Abraham had to wait. And he had to wait. And that's why he's called the father of faith, because he had to wait. Okay, um, it, it, it's very important that we establish this fact in our hearts. A lot of us are too impatient. We ask God for something, we talk about it, and then you wait a few minutes, he doesn't answer, or a few hours, he doesn't answer, and then you just go and say, okay, God is not saying anything to me. You know, sometimes it will require you separate yourself, and you fast, and you pray, and you lock yourself up in a room. Okay, if that thing is really important, then... Uh, you know, you should you should be able to take a few days. Uh, you know, a, a lady once, a lady once uh, told me that she was having demonic attacks. Mm, she she's a friend in South Africa. She told me she was having demonic attacks. She had gone to church, told me what the pastors did, and I knew that you know it was just one of those things. You know, and she told me she had even visited Sangoma, which is a native native doctor in South Africa. Um, you know, she had done all of these things and she was still being oppressed demonically. And I said, okay, I'm going to send you some messages to listen to and then I'm going to pray with you. And so I sent her uh, a four-part series of an Apostle Joshua Selman teaching, the, uh, the mystery of deliverance. And then when she saw it, she was like, yo, that each of the messages is two hours, 30 minutes, that they are so long. And I said, ah, yes, they are long. That's about 10 hours in all. I said, how long has your problem been? According to what you said, it, it has lasted over 10 years. And you think taking 10 hours to listen to a message that will liberate you is too long. Can you see the mentality of our generation? Okay. Um, somebody has been afflicted for 18 years and then you tell the person, okay, let's wait on God. Let's fast and pray for three days. And they say, come on, can't you just lay your hands and let it be over? You see, that's the problem with our generation. We are too impatient. And this is why our faith does not work. And this is why we do not hear from God as we ought to. Let's take a look at one more scripture in James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So you see the relationship again between faith and patience. So the truth is, a lot of times, um, you know, God is not a He is not a vending machine that you just come and press and then something will come out. Okay, God is not a vending machine. Let's stop treating God like that. Okay, He deserves respect. He deserves respect. And uh, even though He's our Father, and you know we can be informal with Him, we should be reverential. We should treat God with reverence. 
Okay, we should treat God with reverence. Don't, uh, I mean, we, we, we don't mind going to the office of a politician and waiting several hours because we're looking for a contract or because he promised you a check or because you're looking for a job. You don't mind. You go for an interview and you can wait all day from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. and then they tell you come back tomorrow and then you go back. We have no problem waiting on men. We have no problem, you know, spending time, you know, because of what we feel. So I think the problem is at, at times it's either we really do not rate God very highly. We despise him or whatever it is we are asking God for, we don't consider it to be very serious. It has to be one of the two. Otherwise, why can we find it okay to go and sit in the office of somebody waiting for several hours and then this person comes out and he may just even tell you okay you know what you know take my card and call me and then you are satisfied after waiting six hours or he might just come and then he's passing and he says he can even pass the reception and not sit and not even look at you people and you just you know tell all of them to come back tomorrow you tell the receptionist tell all of them to come back tomorrow or you can you know he can tell you you know the ones that even have your time look at you and say okay come back tomorrow and we don't get offended because there's something we are looking for and we respect that person enough to think that okay uh, if he doesn't have my time right now or if he's not talking to me right now it's for it's for good reasons you know we go and wait in line we, we go to places and we queue up we wait in line for hours to buy petrol when there's full scarcity people go and they sleep at petrol stations just to get petrol and they are paying for it so I think it's a, it's a hard problem. It's really a hard problem. When, when you consider how impatient we are with God, it's really, really, really a hard problem because we are, we are more patient with other people and we are more patient with an imperfect system and society, people that take advantage of us. You know, you go to a grocery store, you go to ShopRite, for instance, you are done shopping and you queue up with your money. You are queuing up and sometimes the queues can be really long, but you queue up. And then you get there and then the teller might even give you an attitude, but you still enjoy it and you pay. You pay or you pay. It's not like they are giving you those groceries for free. You are paying for them and you are queuing up. But when it comes to God, you know, you just speak in tongues for five minutes, ten minutes, and you are not getting anything and then you feel like God has let you down. We, we need to change that. You know, we need to change our way of thinking. We need to reposition our hearts. We need to treat God with respect. And if, 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 if you're waiting and you're not getting the result, if that thing you're waiting, you're trusting God for is really important to you. And if God is, you know, really important to you, if you respect God enough, you, you would not, you, you know, you, you'd, you'd, you'd be more than happy to uh, sacrifice every other thing and wait and wait. I believe every one of us here at one point or the other in our lives, we have waited on a man. You know, he said, come to my office or come and see me. And you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And yet we find it difficult to wait on God. Okay, so it's it's important that we recondition our hearts. And, uh, and uh, you know, don't don't treat God like he's a, he's a waiter and he's, uh, he's at our fingertips. That, you know, we can, we can go away and do whatever we like for as long as we like. And then we show up and snap our fingers. And then we expect him to come running. You know, we, we, we ought to treat God with more respect than that. Okay, so um, we're, we're, we're going we're to talk next now on, on the things that, you know, that we can do to help condition our hearts uh, properly. Okay, now we've talked about the heart conditions. 
And now we're going to look at the, the exercises, the practical things that we will do to help condition our hearts to, 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 to be in the right way so that it's a lot easier for God to speak to us. And I call it a how to train your spirit. Basically, remember spirit and heart, I, I said I'll use them interchangeably. So basically, it's how to train your heart or how to condition your heart to be able to hear from God. All right, now uh, we're looking at... Uh, we're looking at how to train your spirit and the first thing the first thing the number one thing if you're taking notes write this down the first thing is study the word because the truth is the word is the basis for everything the word is the foundation for everything okay uh if you do not have the word of god in your spirit it's going to be difficult for you to you know uh for instance you hear people that claim to be believers and they, they will say that uh, it, it happens a lot in Europe and in America where, especially in the US, where, you know, women have, you know, maybe put their, their babies in a deep freezer and then the, the baby freezes to death and then the police come and say, why did you do it? And they be like, you know, I heard a voice in my head and I thought it was God. Okay, but you, if you have the word of God in your heart, if you, if you know the word of God, you will know things that God will instruct you to do and things that God will not instruct you to do. God has never... You know, asked. I mean, uh, asked anybody to literally kill their their children. Somebody might say, uh, "What about Abraham and Isaac?" But remember, God did not let Abraham kill Isaac. God is not a baby killer. Remember that one of the abominations, one of the things that made God really angry with the children of Israel, He said they they committed the abomination of the children of Molech. They made their children go through fire. So the children, the, the people of Molech, sacrificed their children, and God told the Israelites, "Don't ever do that." Don't sacrifice your children, you know. Um, people always forget to mention that God did not let Abraham kill Isaac. It was only a test to see, okay, how far can you go for me? But God did not. And after that, God did not ask anybody to kill their children again. So, you see, we, we need to understand the Bible for us to, to be able to, uh, to, to discern between good and evil. Like Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 says, to be able to discern between good and evil, to be able to separate, okay, uh, is this God? Is this not God? That's the primary way. If you know the word of God, and then sometimes you see some prophets. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about how to judge prophecies and how to discern prophets. Okay. Um, you know, when you see some things that are not scriptural, you will know that it is not of God. But then how do you know it's not of God when you don't even know what is obtainable in scriptures? Okay. Let me, let me attend to Ajuma's question. She said, how should we posture uh, during the waiting period? <laughs> Trust me, waiting is hard. And sometimes a lot of us barely know how to wait. Okay, good. Um, how to posture during the waiting period is... Uh, it varies. Now, it varies from person to person. And it varies from, from circumstance to circumstance. But generally, uh, what, what you need to do during the waiting period is... We're, we're talking about how to train your spirit, okay? And you're going to apply all of this during that, during that uh, waiting period. So we'll get to that. But also, you like like I've been saying, you need to keep an open mind, and you need to trust God to speak to you. In other words, you need to you know uh, walk by faith. Don't believe that God is going to speak to you. Believe that God is going to speak to you. But you know, don't just. Well, sometimes all you have to do when you've done everything that you have to do is just wait. You know, the Bible says, "Haven't done all to stand." You know, sometimes uh, all you have to do is just wait. <laughs> you know, just wait. But uh, there, there, are, there are other times that, especially when you have not really, really conditioned yourself 
uh, then you are going to have to apply some of these things that I'm talking about right now. But when your heart, when you know within yourself that your heart is in the right condition and you have asked God, I mean, you know, sometimes all you have to do is just wait. Like literally just wait. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'll go into the, I'll continue with the, with the heart conditions. But um, I think that is, that is the most that is the most important aspect when your heart is properly conditioned. Um, if you look at it, if, 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 if you look at it very closely, sometimes the truth is God doesn't want us to just wait for the sake of it. The truth is a lot of times the reason we don't hear from God as quickly as we ought to is actually because our hearts are not in the right condition. And so when we take out time, to wait on God, the first thing that begins to happen is that God begins to uh, to sort out, to help you sort out your heart condition. So if it's that uh, you have clutter or there are things that God had said you should do that you have not taken care of, you'll begin to address those things first. Or if it's that uh, your conscience is not clear, you'll begin to address those things first. So sometimes, and you, you hear, uh, you know, believers, if we're going to be honest, a lot of times you may be waiting on God for God to speak to you on one thing and God will actually begin to speak to you but he's speaking to you on something else you 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 went into the prayer closet you locked yourself up went on a retreat and you were asking God to talk to you about your finances and then God starts talking to you about something else maybe how you've been treating your neighbor or how you've been treating your mother or you know just something else or how you are running your ministry or he, he may just start talking to you about something completely different why it's because although you know your finances are an issue and you want to hear from god about it it's one of two things god is either trying to let you know i can't speak to you on, on your finances until you sort this out or secondly god god is trying to tell you you know when you sort this out your finances will automatically sort itself out okay so um the truth is a lot of times it is it is the the, the wrong the, the our heart the, the conditions of our hearts are not in a place where god can you know deal with the things that we are requesting at that point in time okay so like i was saying study the word it's important that we study the word study the bible through and through you know this book this book uh, god told uh, joshua this book of the law must not depart out of your mouth you know study the word study the word make it a quality decision that this bible i am going to know it for myself so that nobody can confuse you the bible says so that we will not be like babes you know tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine it is very important that we know the bible for ourselves you see but the, the word of god is the foundation like i like to illustrate you know think of the word of god as a fence think of the, the written word the bible as a fence then think of the leading of the holy spirit as the building okay uh, a fence creates security it provides security and it also uh, uh, it also helps you to mark your territory okay so anything that is outside of that fence you know this is not this is not my building okay so anything that is outside of the word of God you know this cannot be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will always agree with the word of God always agree with the word of God
okay so it's important that we have a robust word base that nobody can confuse us it's good to quote men of god i've been quoting men of god since i've been talking okay but it's very important to know the scriptures for ourselves knowing the scriptures is not about quoting the bible your priority should not be quoting the bible if you can memorize and you can have memory verses it's wonderful okay but just study the word study it into your spirit even if you can't remember with your head keep studying it into your spirit i can guarantee you one thing the day you will need any scripture if it's in your spirit it will come out if it's in your spirit it is going to come out when you look at an orange fruit on the outside it doesn't look like there's a lot going on but when you cut it and you put pressure on it juice comes out seeds also come out some of those seeds you don't see them on the surface the juice you don't see it on the surface but when you apply pressure so you see keep studying the word of god in your spirit forget whether you can memorize or not just forget it don't let the devil distract you with that keep studying it into your spirit just be reading even if you read verse one and then by the time you are in verse two you've forgotten verse one no problem you are not under a spiritual attack keep reading keep studying keep studying it into your spirit keep studying it into your spirit keep studying it in your spirit the day you will need it it will come out you just realize that you are remembering scriptures and then you be like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. Where did that come from? Believe me, most of the scriptures that I quote here, I did not premeditate them. I have studied the Bible and then when I need it, it just comes out. Okay, somebody asked Bishop Oedipo once, how do you manage to quote so many scriptures? He said, eh, how, do you, how do you memorize so many scriptures? He said, I don't memorize the word, I eat it. I eat it. I eat it. And you know, Jeremiah said, your words have I found and I did eat them okay so just eat the word you know eat the word when you eat food you don't you don't bother yourself now what direction the food is going or which nutrient is going with you just eat the food and you trust the food and your system enough to process the food and send every nutrient to the aspect of your body where it is needed it's the same way just eat the word eat the word keep studying the word into your spirit it will go where it is needed and when you need it, if you find yourself in a, in, in, a, in a situation where you actually need to quote a scripture, you'll just realize that a thing is coming out. You may not be able to say, this book, chapter, this verse, this. that is not what is important. The important thing is the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Okay, so, number one, study the word. Study. Study the word. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. Okay, Paul also told Timothy, until I come, give attention to reading give attention to reading so it's important for us to study okay second uh second thing how to train our we're talking about how to train our spirits or you can write it as how to condition our hearts to be able to you know receive from god uh, to be able to hear more from god to be to be able to be led by the spirit of god more accurately number two is to meditate on the word of god there's the part of studying, but there's the part of meditation. We can study in bulk, but you see, when you when you meditate, you can meditate on a word, you can meditate on the, on the, on the story of a person, on a character, you can meditate on a phrase, you can meditate on a verse, you know. But just ponder on it, and you know, it's like uh, you know, it's like eating. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of swallow, okay, but it's like eating a swallow. And you have this really nice ekusi soup and they've sliced all manner of ingredients inside uh, all manner of condiments and uh, you know there's more there's the beef chopped or chicken chopped apart from the main obstacle you know there's all of these things you know and then you know some people just you know dip the thing and swallow and so even if there's meat or pomo you know they just swallow everything without even but some people you know when they put it in their mouth 
they will use their tongue and their teeth to separate the thing. And I hope I'm not making somebody hungry. You know, to separate the thing and to feel the pomo and to feel the the, 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 the the leaves and to feel everything and then they will swallow. You see, meditating is like getting into that realm where you are analyzing all the details of, of the things that you have studied. And this is how light comes. Okay, this is how light comes. So meditating on the word of God. And when we say meditate, you know, like I said in, in Joshua 1, 8, where it says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that there is all that is written therein. Then shall you uh, make your way prosperous and have good success. Okay, like I said, the word Hagar, translated to meditate there, is not just to, to process uh, mentally or intellectually. It also means to mutter, you know, or to confess. Okay, so when we say meditate on the word, I am saying no, don't just don't, don't just ponder on it. Also confess it. You know, I'm not saying go around shouting all over the place. No, you can just lie down on your bed or in your office and then just confess the word of God. You know, um, uh, if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, he shall quicken my mortal body. And you know, you keep saying it and saying it and saying it, and before you know, it just lights up. It's like something just explodes inside you. Okay, so it's important for for us to meditate the scriptures to life. All right, number three. We're talking about how to train your spirit. Practice the word of God. Okay? Number one, we said study. Number two, we said meditate. Now we are saying practice or obey the word of God. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 22. James chapter 1 and verse 22. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. This man shall be blessed in all his deeds. And remember again in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. That's number uh, point number two. And then point number three tells us, And observe to do all that is written therein. Practice the word. Practice the word. So if the word says give, you give. Okay, if the word says don't do this, you don't do it. If the word says do this, you do it. I'm not saying we should become legalistic. No, I'm saying practice the word. Let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let people see us and from our actions know that we are Christians, not uh, not 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 by our speech and by our confession. And you know, you you are saying one thing and then your lifestyle is something different. And you know, sometimes it's very very confusing. And then people out there think, you know, see, I, let me tell you something. I like people with conviction. I like people with conviction. Even if you are wrong and you have conviction about it, I'm going to respect you. Okay? But not these people that you are saying one thing, you are doing another thing. Today you are here, tomorrow you are there, and nobody can... You know, it confuses the entire system. Even even, even Jesus said, if you are going to be hot, be hot. If you are going to be cold, be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Else I'll spew you out of my mouth. Okay? So it's very, very important that, you know, we do the word, we practice the word, and we are Christians and believers in every sense of it. Okay, number four is very similar to number three but it's different and we're going to take a look at it number four practice obedience now when we say practice obedience now it, the obedience may not necessarily be practicing the word as in the written letters of scripture 
you know but it, it may be obedience to the voice of the holy spirit obedience to the voice of your conscience like i said before for instance you are walking across the you're walking on the street and then you you drank coke and then you just throw the the, the plastic anywhere and then your conscience tells you, you know you shouldn't have done that you know go back and pick it up don't just ignore it and say ah what would these people think of me now but that's the problem a lot of times we know the right thing to do we have to decide that we want to do the right thing. The Bible says, he that knoweth to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. A lot of times we know the right thing to do, but because of you know, what people might think or what people might say. But you are killing, you are, you are numbing, your, you are making your spirit man numb. Okay? So we need to practice obedience. Uh, like the Hebrews chapter 5 said that, you know, strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, practice to discern between good and evil. We have to practice obedience okay and 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 let it be let it be instant <laughs> you know let it let it be instant don't don't wait don't delay it don't delay it if if the spirit of god is convicting you on something do it immediately don't delay it. because let me tell you the holy spirit is not going to be there to be convicting you forever that's why sometimes now let, let me say this i know some of us may have experienced this before sometimes you know, you feel like God is talking to you about something or God is convicting you about something. And then you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. And then you suddenly get to a point where it looks like God is no longer talking to you about it. And then some people think, oh, God is no longer saying this thing. So maybe he has changed his mind or he's no longer interested. But no, you are the problem. And you see, if we continue to be like that, then it's going to become harder for us to hear from God. You understand? So you put it off and you put it off and you put it off and God is going to stop talking to you about it. And then, you know, when that person is not there anymore, we totally... But the, the, tr the truth is, at the end of the day, you are walking in disobedience because God has told you something that you have not done. But now you have abandoned it simply because God... <laughs> Ajuma said, Lord, have mercy on my disobedience. Actually, we need, we, need to, we need to ask God for mercy because when we look at our, at our lives, all of us have been in this position, you know, at one point or the other. And so it's important. This is why it is dangerous to procrastinate. This is why it's dangerous to put things off. Because God is not going to keep reminding you about it forever. So let's say God tells you, you know, uh, give this dress to that lady on your street. And you like the dress so much. And then you'd be like, ah, okay. You know, this, this takes me to a question that T.Y. asked yesterday. That, you know, is it possible for us to have peace in our spirits and still be uncomfortable about what God is telling us to do? emphatically yes you see the truth is abraham was not comfortable about sacrificing his son even jesus was not comfortable about going to the cross he said lord you know if it's left to me let this cup pass away from me jesus was not comfortable about it but he knew it was the will of god so the will of god is not always easy and simply because it is god telling us to do it does not necessarily mean we are going to be comfortable with it so god can actually tell you something to do it you feel peace in your spirit in the sense that you know this is god speaking but yeah, you can be troubled in your head and you can be real, oh, what am I going to do? God is telling me to give my car to somebody I don't even like. You know, so it's it's not always going to be fun. That's that's the rea that's the reality of it. Okay, so um it, it's it's very important. I was making an illustration. Say, say maybe God tells you, you know, give that your beautiful dress that you probably have not even worn to your neighbor. Okay, you just bought the dress and God said, give it to your neighbor on your street. And maybe she's even somebody you don't like. Maybe she's somebody that passes. And, and does not greet you, you know, and then you'll be like, ah, this dress, or well, at least let me rock it first, and then you say, I'll wear it to church next Sunday, and then you may wear it to church next Sunday, and maybe something happens to the dress, or maybe you wear it to church, and then you send it to the dry cleaners, and then it gets missing among your laundry, 
or it's possible that you just completely even forget or maybe the person God said give the dress to moves out of your street and you don't have a way to reach her again okay that is going to be recorded against you forever as disobedience so this is why we need to you know be it and we're talking about how to train our spirits right you know here we're, we're talking about training our spirits so we have to be very instant in obeying so please um let's practice obedience if you sense that let, let me tell you something especially one of one of the areas that god is going to train yes delayed obedience is disobedience that's true Chogu. delayed obedience is disobedience um you know but i, I want to say this if you want to tr- one of the fastest ways now this is not in any 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 manual or anything it's it's in my own experience and in reading men of god's materials and the men of god that i have you know studied studied i've noticed that there's a similar pattern one of the fastest ways that God trains us to hear his voice is in giving. It's in giving. It's one of the fastest ways. If you can master it here, it will become a lot easier for you to for you to hear the voice of God in other areas. Yes. It's in it's in the area of giving. So you may just be walking randomly and then you know you are not thinking of it and then just say give 500 naira to that woman. You were not thinking of it. It just came very randomly. And a lot of times we just ignore it and then you begin to rationalize it. Ah, if I give her money now, they may think I'm trying to use her to do money ritual or I don't even know her or what is this or ah, this is a public place I'm embarrassed or things like that. But I am telling you a secret now. It's one of the fastest ways to practice and master hearing the voice of God in the area of giving. And it is going to pepper your flesh. You are not going to enjoy it a lot because like I said, um, it's not always going to be convenient. You may be somewhere and it's the last money on you. It's even your transport money. And then the Spirit of God is saying, give that money to that guy. But see, if you can master this area, you have conquered it. You have conquered two things. You have conquered mastering the voice of God. And you have also conquered covetousness. Okay. So, so, um, and, uh, so, so when it happens, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. You know, you are driving and then you just see a very random person. And, and then you just hear in your heart, give her a lift or give him a lift. And then you are thinking, ah, what is this one? Now, the, the truth is, sometimes eh, it doesn't always it, it doesn't always yield an instant reward, and it doesn't always make sense. In fact, sometimes you may even get embarrassed in the process. You may even get embarrassed in the process. Um, I, I once heard Apostle Joshua Selman say that you know one day he was praying, and then God asked him to just get off the bed and, and sit on the floor, or something like that. And then he sat down on the floor for like maybe 30, 45 minutes. He even started dozing off. And then, you know, he just knew in his spirit that, okay, it was enough. And then he stood up and went on his bed. It's not like anything spectacular happened after that. But you see, those little, 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 it's practicing the voice of God. It's practicing how to, how to hear the voice of God. It can be very, it can be things that seem to have no significance, you know. Like, uh, you know, you're just walking and, and then you just hear something like, you know, arrange that thing or close that door. It's your own door. You can leave it open. You just walked out of the room and then you just hear in your spirit, close that door. You know, those things. And then the, the, the problem a lot of times that we don't, you know, obey instantly is we, we now begin to rationalize. We, begin, we move it to the sense realm and begin to process it. That Why? But this doesn't make sense. No. And then we just ignore it. You see, but you have lost an opportunity to practice. You have lost an opportunity to practice. God is not going to start telling you um, big big things when 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 you know 
when you have not been tried and tested with very little things. It is when we have been trained and tested with things that are insignificant that, you know, God will now begin to trust us with things that are more significant. Okay, so uh, it's like uh, people that are in combat school, you know. Initially, you practice with, uh, with maybe rubber bullets rubber bullets and, and, you know, things that are not so harmful. And then when you master it, then they begin to practice with maybe blank ammo or real bullets and things like that. So it's it's very important we understand that the Bible says that if you have been faithful in the little, then you will be made ruler over many things. So we need to, you know, begin to practice the voice of God in little, little things. It's possible you just go somewhere, you are buying a Coke, and then there's somebody standing beside you and you just hear in your spirit. You know, these things are not... They are not things that you are thinking of. You just hear in your spirit, you know, buy two cokes for, and then give one to the other and so person. Little, little things like that. It may not be that it means that because you obeyed, one big miracle is going to happen to you. No, take your mind off that. You know, take your mind off that. Just be content with the fact that you obeyed a prompting in your spirit. And this way, the spirit of God will begin to trust us with even more delicate information. Okay. Um, number five, pray in the spirit. Pray in the Spirit. First uh, Corinthians, let's go to First Corinthians chapter 14. From verse 2, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now let's see, uh, let's go to verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. You see, um, speaking in tongues is actually an act of faith because you don't even know what you're saying, but you believe. You know, the Bible says in, in, in Romans chapter 8, from 27, 28, 27, 28, yes. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, For we know not what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself, you know, makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Um, speaking in tongues is an expression of faith. It's, it's an expression of faith because you are, you are actually putting your complete trust in God at that point in time because you don't even know what you are praying for. Okay, and the Bible says it here that, you know, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So this is one way you learn to trust, you train your spirit to trust the Holy Spirit without, you know, without your understanding. This is one way we learn to bypass our understanding. Remember uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Okay, so trust in the Lord with all your heart, your spirit man. Lean not to your understanding. So you see, speaking in tongues is one of the ways that we get to train our spirits to not trust our understanding. The Bible is not against understanding. There are so many scriptures that encourages us to get understanding. It says, get wisdom, and in all thine getting, get understanding. Okay? In all thine getting, get understanding. That's what the Bible says. Okay? But uh, it, it, it's very important that we learn. It's very important that we learn not to put our trust in head knowledge. Okay? And one of the ways we do that is by speaking in tongues and getting our minds off of our thinking because like i said previously a lot of times what has prevented us from being able to obey the instant promptings of the spirit of god is mental processing okay if i do this now these people looking at me what would they think or what would they say or how would this person feel or no just get it out of the way just you know get your mind out of the way get your mind out of the way get your mind out of the way and because of time i'm just going to go to the last part fasting 
you know the truth is there is no place in the epistles in fact there's no place in the there's no there's no place in the epistles where the church was commanded to fast okay but we do know that fasting is a scriptural principle it's just like there's no place in the epistle where the church was commanded to tithe but we know that tithing is, is a scriptural principle um paul did mention that he fasted we know that jesus fasted and jesus also taught about fasting he said when he fasts okay uh, don't be like the pharisees walking around looking hungry and haggard and everybody knows you're fasting he said anoint yourself with oil look fresh okay and the god that sees you in the secret will reward you openly so jesus talked about fasting okay now fasting like i said yesterday does not change god uh people people have it twisted they think if they fast and they starve themselves enough then then god is going to pity them and answer them no the, the word fasting actually in the, is translated abstinence Fasting is abstinence. Now, permit me to go this line. Uh, for some of us, our problem is not food. There are people that, I mean, we have trained ourselves so much, we can, we can go hours and days without food and we won't even feel hungry and we're not fasting. The reason most of the fasting has to do with food is because food is the fuel of the flesh. Okay? Food, food is the fuel of the flesh. It is what strengthens the flesh. And then when the flesh is strengthened, then other fleshly desires can be strengthened. So you don't see many people that want to fornicate when they are fasting. Why? Because their flesh is subdued. Okay, so that is why um, um, food fasting is the most common kind of fasting. Because it is the most common way to subdue the flesh. But for some persons, what you really need to fast is not even food. It may be that you need to fast movies. Maybe you watch too many movies and it's making, it's making, it's, it's just... You know, your, your, your head is just occupied with so many things. Some of us, we may need to fast our friends. You spend so much time with friends. And that is what preoccupies your mind. Some of us may need to fast, uh, you know, fast reading novels. Some of us may need to fast gisting. You know, so, so what I'm trying to say is this. It is not only, there are so many other habits that we have in our lives that empower our flesh it's not just food so that is why sometimes you see that you may be doing the food fast but you are not really seeing much of a change in your spiritual life why because all of these other things that are really harming your spiritual life they are still there am i saying movies are bad no movies are not bad am i saying all of these things this thing with friends are bad no but when it becomes an addiction when it becomes your preoccupation then it is a problem Ah, yes, Mr. Wally, God bless you. Cutting away from social media. Social media is a big deal right now. And there are so many persons addicted to social, social media, but they are not humble enough to admit it. That is the truth. I think our generation, ba, because you see people, they say they are doing food fast, but they are on Facebook from morning till night. Sir, you are deceiving yourself. Ma, you are deceiving yourself. We'll get back to the fasting matter. <laughs> um, okay, so big man, you are, you are saying when your head is, is, uh, is, you are speaking in tongues and your, your your uh your your mind is mixing up with the signals you're getting you see that's that's what we are talking about okay now when you get in that situation what it means is you need to spend more time and try to get your mind quiet and this is one thing that we have not practiced enough in the body of christ we need to you know spend more time meditating on the word of god listening to anointed messages praying in the spirit to the point where we can get our minds quiet okay so when you pray in the spirit right yes you can get distracted you think of market you think of engine oil you think of things that are not even relevant you just think of things randomly okay 
keep praying in the spirit and try to just keep your focus just try to focus on one thing try to focus on god just try to focus on jesus just try to create this you know try to create this mental image of jesus standing in front of you that's how i practiced it okay just try to create or try to create a mental image of jesus on the cross or try to create a mental image of jesus on his throne but just focus on jesus just focus on that one thing and keep praying in the spirit it will get to a point now the truth is sometimes because there's so much activity going on in our heads it might take a longer for some person it might take hours sometimes it might take a day or two days or even three days but you will eventually come to that point where your mind becomes quiet and when you receive something you will know that mm -mm, this is not my mind this is not a preconceived idea this is the spirit of god now let me tell you the difference even if it is a preconceived idea that the holy spirit is endorsing but you will know because there will be additional details that you did not think about. Something else will come. It's not going to be, it's not going to be verbatim what you were thinking. There's going to be an additional detail or an additional instruction. Or there's going to be an omission from your own original idea. Okay? Except it was indeed the Spirit of God that placed that idea in your mind. Now, if it was the Spirit of God that placed that idea in your mind, when you get to that point, this is, this, is how, this is how you're going to know. When you get to that point, the more you think of that idea, the more peace you are going to feel on the inside of you. It's going to be like, you know, you, you, you are just saturated with peace and it's going to be overwhelming. The more you think about it, the more peaceful you are going to feel about it. Okay, so, so the truth is, yes, um, like in our generation, Mr. Walik, you know, thank you thank you for pointing <laughs> thank you for pointing that out you know social media is a big deal you see people they say okay in our church we are doing 21 days drive fast and you still see them active on social media from morning to evening and then they go to church take communion and come back and they say then what they want done and dusted <laughs> oh my god can you now see why the best a lot of persons get from their fasting is weight loss it's the, the best a lot of persons get from their fasting is weight loss because fasting is is a holy thing it's 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 abstinence okay and so we are supposed to abstain completely from things that that heighten our flesh and and you know so social media is the biggest one right now it's even bigger than movies Seth. a lot of see this is how you will know that people are addicted when you tell them fast social media say for the next one week no whatsapp no instagram no facebook get off social media you will see the struggle it will be like they are detoxing some of them may even begin to throw up because they are actually detoxing yes they will almost die ajuma they will, they will actually almost die you will see the struggle it's an addiction but a lot of persons you know they try to magnify you know my contacts are on social media my this are on social media it's networking it's this what well, we are just sugarcoating an addiction that's what we are doing if you really want to prove to yourself that you are not addicted to social, social media, cut it off for one week, let us see. So you see people, even in church, hot sermon is going on. They, you know, they try to spiritualize it that, no, I am, I, am, I am just updating my status on what the preacher is preaching. Why not write it down when you get home, update your status? You see, so, so when we talk about fasting, <laughs> when we talk about fasting, it's actually a big deal. It's not just about staying from food. It's about abstinence from, from carnal indulgences, from carnal pleasures. 
okay and uh, and you you realize that when we do less of facebook and we do less of instagram and less less of whatsapp and all of the i'm not saying these things are bad they have their place most of us here now i was able to contact you on this bible study through either facebook or 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 uh or whatsapp okay so it, it has its place but you see um it, it's very important so when you separate yourself and say i am i'm going on a fast keep your phone aside keep your phone aside focus on god play some wonderful messages play some nice worship songs you know if you're a business person and maybe you're expecting something you know every now and then you can check your messages and see okay maybe there's an important message but you see again it's tempting because you can go from checking your message to let me even see what is happening on facebook and then you scroll and say ah, ah this uh shekau matter has started again you say ah, ah oh this corona corona and then before you know it you, you, have, you have spent two hours on facebook before you know it yeah so so it's it's better if you can do it if you can drop your phone with somebody and say receive my i'm expecting important calls if so 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 and so person calls you know bring it to me you know it's going to help you know let's let's put it let's put away the distractions and let's be able to focus on god so you can see now that a lot of times it's actually you know like i like i illustrated yesterday try to imagine a hundred people in a room and then your father is trying to talk to you from across the hall you will know that you know my father is trying to say something but you may not be able to pick his words because there's so many other persons talking there's there's so much more going on in that room and then it makes it difficult for you to but if you can get everybody quiet suddenly the voice of your father becomes a lot clearer and you can hear what he's saying you know and you can hear what he's saying if the newsman said i love the fast aspect it speaks to me i am considering a fast on the social media i have a problem with fasts that are declared at the church level i.e because a lot of people observe it to fulfill all righteousness or to get some people's approval that is true um that is true I, personally i'm not against an institute an instituted fast if you are part of a ministry and they say let's fast you are under the authority of that ministry so you should fast but make sure with this understanding now make sure you are not just doing it religiously because too many people have done it religiously at the beginning of this year there was 21 day 21 days fast for most ministries that i knew about and then you know there was no significant change in the lives of people okay how can you fast for 21 days and you don't come out with something that everybody haba haba moses fasted for 40 days when he came down from the mountain everybody saw that this guy was different when Jesus fasted for 40 days, when he came down, everybody knew that something had happened to this guy. And you fast for 21 days, and then you come out, and then the only thing that happened is you lost a little weight, and then you are eating more food to gain the weight that you lost. That's the only thing that changed. You know, we are abusing the fast. We are abusing it. You know, and it's, it's very important that we get the right perspective about it. So even if you are in the ministry and they institute, you know, they, they institute a fast and say, okay, everybody should fast. You are under the authority of that ministry. You shouldn't rebel against it. You should fast. But do your fasting with understanding. When you come out of that fasting, you too should know. The realm of the spirit should know that somebody just did 21 days fast. Okay, so um, that that is is very very important. These are ways. Uh, these are the six ways that I wrote down, and that the Spirit of God has taught me, and that I've also learned from other materials um, about how to how to train our spirits. Tomorrow we will talk about uh, you know God direct God leading us through prophecies and the prophetic and spectacular leadings, uh, and then we will also look at how to discern between. People that are men of God and people that are faking it. Um, it's very important that we know the difference because the Bible says that 
uh, there will be false prophets and false teachers deceiving many and being deceived. And Jesus also said that, you know, that they will do lots of signs that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. So it's very possible that uh, simply because you're a Christian and that you're a believer does not mean that you're immune to deception. As a matter of fact, if you think you cannot be deceived, you're already deceived. You know, if you feel like you cannot be deceived, you are already deceived. It's deception for you to think that you can't be deceived. Anybody can be deceived. Anybody can be deceived. And it's very important that we, we know the difference and we, we, we focus and funnel our energy in the right direction.